You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. I am doing a dance with the reader, and, and, and we're, all, we're all in it together. They want to have a good time. I want them to have a good time. On my tombstone, I want it to be Jim kept a lot of people up late at night. Mega best-selling author James Patterson. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Well, it's a pretty fair bet that even if you only own a few books, chances are at least one of them is a James Patterson novel. He's written 28 books in the series featuring his popular detective Alex Cross, and that's just one of the series of books that James Patterson writes. He writes series of mysteries. He writes standalone mystery thrillers. He writes books for young readers. He writes books for children. He writes books of short stories. He writes nonfiction books. He has written romance novels. In all, James Patterson has sold over 300 million books. And that has made him one of America's richest authors. Many of his books have been turned into movies. I've met and interviewed James Patterson many times over the years, including at least two interviews for a couple of his nonfiction books before he became a big mystery author. The one you're about to hear is from almost 20 years ago, after he just finished the eighth Alex Cross mystery, a book called Four Blind Mice. So here now from 2002, James Patterson. You know, as I sat down to begin reading this over the weekend, and I had a wonderful time reading this. I haven't finished it yet, so don't tell me how it comes out. Okay. Well, the ending is... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cover your ears. Uh, uh, this is typ- it's typical Patterson in the sense that it opens with a triple murder, and I will tell you this much, it ends with a wedding. Ooh. I won't tell you whose wedding, but there is a wedding at the end. Ooh, Okay. Uh, can can you say it's not Nana Mama's? We're right? not saying who. Yeah, <laughs> Nana Mama's. You know, don't count her out right. yet. You know? But you know, as I started reading, Alex fit me like an old glove, an old comfort. It just felt good to put it on. You know, just it, yeah. it, it's as well, well, it feels good for me to sit down and write cross books because I, you know, the, the nice thing about writing a series, or at least from my point of view, and I think this varies with the author, but. Because they're they're action-oriented books, you you know you, there's a lot to keep them moving along. But because it's a series, I can keep developing the character over time. And Alex is developing, and the the family is growing. The kids are growing kids up. Are growing, yep. Nana, Mama, something happens to her in here, which is interesting. And uh, uh, and Samson. Uh, uh, um, you know, something interesting happens with Samson and Four Blind Mice as well. Well, now, it occurs to me that that's the advantage to having a character that people know very well and is, is that you can slip right into it. And the, yeah. Is is there a disadvantage? Is, is there anything that works to your disadvantage? Um, I, I don't think there's any disadvantage, except if you run out of ideas in terms of where to take the characters. I, I, some series that I read, it seems that the characters just keep kind of doing the same thing mm-hmm. book after book, and I, I find that a little tedious. Um, but but so far I'm you know I, I've figured out things to do with the characters. And in this and, particular case, you take Alex out of his jurisdiction. Yes, we we take. Well, I, I tell you the scary thing about this book is it, it starts with a triple murder, which happens at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And after I had finished the book, uh, of course, all these murders took place at Fort Bragg, which is really uh, 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 terrifying as as an author. Just to see things that you've written about, uh, to have them come true. 
But yet, the, the, the area you're talking about, I, I didn't realize until I read your book how big Fort Bragg is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, is this is like a small city. Yes. Oh, sure it is. Absolutely. And why yeah. shouldn't we expect there to be homicides from time to time? Well, except, I mean, what happened this summer is bizarre. I mean, just a number of, and, and the fact that they're families and, you know, very strange, scary time. Uh, and, and it actually relates to what happens in the book in that this is a book about uh, 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 the, the three blind mice are our, our former soldiers. And, um, you know, some, some people come back changed in not such a good way from, from, uh, from wars. Yeah, these guys are not... Uh, now, it, it is purposeful, I gather, that you tell us from the outset who they are? Well, I, very often I will reveal the killer right from the get-go and we both watch the killer and we get to see Alex trying to solve it. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's happened in the pain. It's a device that's been used before. I mean, you knew who the jackal was in Day of the Jackal and but you wanted to really watch him. You wanted to see how he did what he did. It was an interesting character. So, and I, and I find the, the, the bad guys to be interesting characters sometimes. So, so often I will reveal the the villain. So it's less a who done it than why they do it. Why they done it? Why they do it? What are they like? What are they? I mean, I think it's you know, the killers who are, I think the most recognizable to us are, are usually the most interesting. I mean, you, you take a guy like um, like Ted Bundy, very I mean fascinating because he could be so likable and so normal to to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then, yeah, or, or, you know, the killer next door. I mean, I think that's the most scary notion of all. Uh, and it's something that I, that I like to play with. I mean, the, the killers in this book, you put them in their neighborhoods, and they're beloved characters. Mm-hmm. People like them. The fam- their families are great, great families, great family life. And yet there's a, there's a missing screw. Of course, that's what people thought about the guy who's on death row for these killings, too. Right. Was it before all this happened that he was such a nice guy. Sure. He could yeah. never do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And now it's up to Samson and Alex to, to try to prove that he's right. Yeah. What had, This book starts with a friend of Samson's, a sergeant at Bragg, who's accused of the murders, and, and Samson drags Alex Cross into the, uh, into the investigation, trying to get his friend off. Now, it's interesting. At one point, uh, Alex says to Samson something along the lines of, isn't it nice not to have all the other cops and the FBI around here, we're pretty much left on our own to do this. Because as far as everybody else is concerned, this case is closed. Yeah, yeah. This is a little bit of a, of Alex and, and Samson just sort of off on their own trying to solve something where, without anybody asking them to help. But they have no official investigative powers. Right. They're almost there almost as private detectives. Yeah, they are, right. Yeah. I never let reality get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tell you a funny thing about my books, and, and I, I, I really, I'm not interested in... in, in uh, in realism. I mean, they're not realism. They're larger than life. And yet, every place I go, every time I go to a signing, I'll have three, four, five detectives, FBI people coming up and saying, I love this stuff. It's terrific. It gets the spirit of what we go through. And I think it gets emotionally, it gets it. Gets it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, these, these guys, they're working on a case that, uh, as I said, everybody else thinks is solved. There's not a lot of people that are anxious to help them because that would help unravel the case that's already solved. Right. It, well, they were also, they're running up against the, the, the Army has, and, and this is sympathetic toward the Army as well, but it, the Army has a way of doing things. And they don't want help. They want to they solve these things in their own way. And that's, you know, somewhat understandable but not acceptable to, uh, mm-hmm. to cross. 
well, any judicial system, the Army or a civilian judicial, once they've rendered the verdict and once the prisoner is, is on his way to execution, that's pretty much, they don't want to see it unraveled at that point. Sure, right. Yeah, because they're going to look bad and the system is mm-hmm. going to look flawed, which is the last thing that, that, you know, rather than just admitting that, yeah, I mean, any system, there has to, there have to be mistakes. The end. Uh, it doesn't make the system necessarily wrong. It's just, it's, 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 it's uh, human nature. But in the first 24 hours, Alex and, and Samson managed to find two or three major clues. Now, they're scratching their heads. Why didn't the other investigators find these clues? Yeah, well, Alex is such a smart guy, you know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, and I throw him these softballs occasionally, you know. <laughs> Here comes Alex. You ready? All right. <laughs> After this short break, James Patterson reveals the character in his Alex Cross novels the readers have told him he doesn't dare harm. Now back to my 2002 interview with James Patterson. The fun of it is, all right, I had one of the clues kind of figured out. I think the fun of it is is the, is the operative phrase with these. Though. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. that's the thing. I, I Once I thought I had one of the clues figured out, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a couple pages later, you basically threw me a curveball after I'd hit that easy. Well, God s- bless song. me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I don't want Aww. you to get, yeah, it's okay if you get one step ahead of me. I don't want you to get a two or three steps that's ahead right. of me. And that's right. And that's a real dance you have to do with the reader, isn't it? I mean, because you want to let us get. Well, I am, no, I am doing a dance with the reader, and, and, and we're all. We're all in it together, but I, they want to have a good time. I want them to have a good time. You know, uh, if, I hope this is a long way off, but on my tombstone, I want it to be Jim kept a lot of people up late at night, and uh, that, that's what I'm trying to do. You almost cost me a couple of my favorite weekend TV programs, but that's a whole other question, too. Okay. I, mean, I guess that's a good thing when, when we are so, in this 21st century electronic age, when we are so engrossed in a book, we forget to turn on an appliance. Well, I, I think, you know, one of the interesting things is um, it's difficult to get on the radio or on TV with an author. I mean, here, you know, I'm not blowing my own horn, but right now I'm selling more than Clancy or anybody else. And yet you think that that would, you know, if you wanted to be on TV, that that would get you on to it doesn't. It's just and it's just it's it's um, it's just a mindset. I mean, the some movie that will go out and do no business, and the, yet the stars will be on every single TV show. Like why? Bad movie, bad, you know, and and yet there they are, and and, and everything in the world, and it's just it's just the the it's just a headset. Now let me shift gears just for a moment. Come back to we were talking about Nana Mama a moment ago. I mean, she's a beloved character, but mm-hmm. she's getting on in years. Right. She may only have another twenty or so years left, That's as right. Samson says. Well, see, the little trick here is that he, just because we're putting out an Alex Cross book every year doesn't mean that it's got to be a year in the action of the you know. So we last month and then the next month we pick up, so we can really compress the time here a little bit. So Nana, it's probably got. Besides which, I, I've already been warned by readers: if anything happens to Nana, Mama, any of the kids, or the cat, that I'm dead. The so, cat, the cat, Rosie, the cat. <laughs> nothing must happen to Rosie, the cat. <laughs> nothing that wouldn't happen so to us in nature. Anyway. So I'm very careful. No, not even in nature. But 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 Nana, I mean, without getting too specific, because I don't want to get too, give away too many plots. But she is getting here, older. But, yeah, You're yeah, right. But yeah, but she's she's got some issues that older people face. Yes, right. 
And this, you know, as if as if solving a murder and, and, and trying to get a guy off death row isn't enough pressure on Alex right now. Yeah, and Nana's got, I mean, there are three kids growing up in the house, and she, you know, she's, she's in her 80s, and she's really operating as a, as a mom in that household. Uh, and, uh, well, I mean, she does get sick in this book. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see what happens. And Alex is also trying to juggle a long-distance romance. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, he met uh, Jamela Hughes in uh, Violets Are Blue, and Jamila, Jamila's interesting. I'll tell you the weird thing about how Jamila came to be. I had wanted to use the characters that I have in First to Die and Second Chance, the Four Women in San Francisco, that mm-hmm. whole other series I have. And I wanted Alex to sort of meet Lindsay Boxer. I said, well, this will be fun. And it, I just found it was going to be fun for me to do. And also, you know, it's a way to introduce some people to the, mm-hmm. the women in the other series. So I'm, you know, writing, and they said, you know what, I, I ought to just check with Paramount because, you know, they um, um, they own the Cross mm-hmm. character. And they said, if you put Lindsay Boxer, or the, we own them too. And they would not sort of change their mind, which is a little silly to me. And that's where Jamila came from because I said, well, I have to change this character. And I created another uh, homicide inspector out in San Francisco, who was uh, Jamila Hughes, <laughs> which turned out well because I like Jamila. She's kind of fun. Oh, it could be a whole other series there with her, right? <laughs> Jamming it. <Yeah. laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you got all the the East Coast drama here of of the Alex series. Now you can have some West Coast drama with her, all right? Well, we have the West Coast with the, with the other with the four but, women. Well, well, I'll tell you a funny thing about you know they they just made the TV movie. <coughs> one of the networks with um, First to Die. I think it's going to be terrific. Tracy Pollan's in it. Oh, wow. Who's Michael Fox's yeah. wife. She's great. She's absolutely terrific. And, um, um, but they, they I, I got a, uh, six bottles of wine from the network. And, and, and it, you know, this is for First to Die. And the note says, Dear James, it is such an honor and a pleasure to be, begin production today on your unforgettable novel, Last to Die. <laughs> so anyway, well, it's good to know we're you know kind of well. As a practical matter, do you have any creative control over what they do with your stuff? No, no. Although with with uh, first to die, they've they've stayed fairly close to the story, and, I, and I'm really I'm very interested in, in, in to see. I went up for about three days, and Tracy Pollan is great, um, and the and the the bad guy um, man I forget now he was the cop. The cop who wouldn't die in Terminator. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, I know who you. Robert mean. Patrick, yes, I think. Yes, okay, yes. he's he is spectacularly good. It's movie quality work. So uh, and that'll be I think in February. So I'm I'm really pumped up to see that. Outstanding. Well, I, I do remember. I think it was James Elroy who told me the one the way you deal with Hollywood is you toss your script over the fence. At the same time, they're tossing the check over the fence, and you both run as fast as you can in opposite mm-hmm, directions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a funny <laughs> idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we're and we're we're not done with Alex in this with this book. I mean, there are, well, there are you don't know. Cover, the, right? the the rumor is is because he was about is, to quit. The rumor is this is the last Alex Cross. We'll see. But as I always say when people ask me about that, you got to pay your money, honey. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not giving away anything. I mean, it happens with the first two pages of the book that he's on his way downtown to, to quit. To resign. That's right, yeah. But he's, and, and because Samson pulls him off on this other thing, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't go in and resign right away. No, he's got a lot on his mind. He does. He's a troubled guy. I'm, I, I want to give him a break, but it, it's not me. God. God is in control of this, and God doesn't want to give Alex a break right now. <laughs> That's right. 
Well, if he did, the pages book would be about 12 pages long. Too. Right, so yeah. Anything that you wanted to add? How good is this one, Jim? How good is this, this one, Jim? Is- <laughs> No, I'll tell you, I, uh, we got a review from Publishers Week. said it was the best Alex Cross yet. And I think it's a, it's a good one. It's a real, uh, it's right up there with A Long Came a Spider. Real, real good story. Well, you would be letting yourself down, let alone the readers, if Some, it wasn't your best. Sometimes what? they're not. Sometimes they're, I thought Violet's Your Blue was a little bit of a, of a, of a slip. But, uh, but this one is, is good. Well, Barry Bond strikes out once in a while. That's right. <laughs> James Patterson is 74 now. He lives in Florida. And last year, he published the 28th book in the Alex Cross series. But this year, he's already published several other books, including standalone mysteries and books for young readers. And you can find easy Amazon links to just a couple of James Patterson's books at our website, HeardEverything.com. And while you're at HeardEverything.com, be sure and listen to my 1987 interview with Tom Clancy. People just don't want to believe that uh, an ordinary country insurance agent could get the kind of information that I get. I've never been exposed to classified material to the best of my knowledge. And why can't people just give me credit for being intelligent? And my 1991 talk with mystery writer Robert B. Parker. There was a period there where it was very sophisticated to discover me and to make a point that I was much better than anyone realized. And now it is very sophisticated to discover that I'm nowhere near as good as everyone said I was. And, of course, we post new episodes of Now I've Heard Everything here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Well, next time on Now I've Heard Everything, as we head into Labor Day weekend, it may be your last chance of the summer to do a little outdoor grilling. So, we'll bring in an expert. My 2009 interview with, bam, Emeril Lagasse. They take it right out of the refrigerator, right onto the grill, and they wonder why it sticks. Then they wonder why it's all charred before it's cooked internally because it's on so high. It's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.